Welcome to the Bosch Finish Podcast, bringing you honest conversations about wrestling from people you'd watch wrestling with. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. What's up, everyone? This is Lopaki, and welcome to The Botch Finish. We do have a special treat tonight. We actually do have our very, uh, our, one of our very first interview segments. Uh, before I get to that and introduce our guest, let me just go ahead and introduce my uh, co-host. As always, I am joined by The Real MC. Okay. You want to say hi real quick? What up, world? How's everybody doing? Good. Well, hopefully they're they're doing pretty good. It's been a it's been a pretty down few days in wrestling, and that does bring me to uh, introducing our guest, who is a uh, quite a popular independent wrestler. Uh, works a lot in the southeastern scene. I recommend checking him out. It's the Private Eye Slade Porter. Good show. Hello, everybody. All right. So before I get too far in, into this um, and we get started, I. I do want to just off the top, let you guys know that this is a conversation about the speaking out movement. And it is something that is going to take us to some graphic places. And I imagine some of the content of this conversation is going to be um, uncomfortable for some people. So I will let you know that that if that is something that you want to avoid, this may be an episode to avoid. However, it's very important that we we address this, you know, while it is still you know, happening and get as much attention drawn to the movement as possible. So uh, one last thing, I just want to remind you guys, you can follow the show. That's at botch underscore finish. Uh, you can follow myself. It's at Rob Lopaki. We have the real NC at not the fake NC with underscores in between. And then I believe it's not Slade Porter underscores. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. So I get with no further ado, let me go ahead and toss it to my co-host, and uh, he'll take over from here. Let's go, NC. Yeah, so I think that's an important disclaimer, but we do pride ourselves on, on being an honest conversation about wrestling. So it is important that we have these conversations, and we wanted to bring voice on these issues that we're all reading about and seeing about. It feel every day. So we're going to get right into it. Slade, you've been pretty vocal and, and outspoken on, on social media about this issue and about other issues in the past, specifically Black Lives Matter. Can you just give a little insight on on your your views before we go into any specifics? Yeah, of course. So the reason for me personally being so vocal about things, even as just a white male, is that just always wanting to learn more and understand more, just wanting to be an educated individual on all topics all around, but then seeing so many injustices constantly and trying to figure out how someone with the privilege that I have, what can I do to benefit others and then bring about a better world. So even in a selfish way, I can, I can enjoy it more and prosper more by seeing other individuals better off 
and it, it just raises the commerce of humanity. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I think that's something that we should all strive for. And these are not new issues and these are not new things as sad as that is. This is a, a reality that we live in, but there have been this recent speaking out movement coming on the wrestling scene where it feels like every day for the last week or so we've had multiple wrestlers across different promotions, different levels of, of success that are being accused of, of various allegations, whether it be statutory rape, whether it be sexual harassment, assault, or, or the worst. And the first thing I want to say before we have these conversations is just that we're with all of, all of those speaking out and that we know that's an incredibly brave and, and tough thing to do. So we want to show our support for those people that we stand with them. Absolutely. So again, before we get into any of the specifics or any of these wrestlers that have been accused, I just want to have some, some broad strokes conversations about why you think this has, is so prevalent in wrestling. And now that these stories are coming to light, what sort of commonalities are we seeing across, again, the whole, the whole sport right now, professional wrestling? So with everyone coming out and you realize you, you have all these terrible people, it makes you realize that you have, you have bastards like this everywhere across every profession throughout all walks of life. But I think it's the, the social media scene, especially on Twitter. I mean, it's called wrestling Twitter for a reason. They, it hasn't, I mean, the internet wrestling community, it's not really a name that I've heard in a few years, but it's, that's still a prevalent thing. And so you have all these people who can so easily communicate with each other about their issues. And in, in a sense, I mean, for so long, people try to say, oh, keep keyboard warriors you're not going to talk shit to me and my to my face you're only going to say things behind a computer but really we we're finding out that there is a benefit to that because you have these victims who have been scared for so long and just suppressing their feelings and are finally able to come out and so so i think it is good for the victims that way but then when you look at why are there so many terrible people in wrestling it's something I've noticed since I started off my career a little over five years ago. And I mean, I can even like, of course, Dwight brought me on. I can speak from personal experience is that wrestling is filled with nerds. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to be too self-deprecating, but then again, you gotta be open about what's going on here. Like you have, you have just people who weren't popular in high school even in, in a sense, you have a bunch of incels, you know, you're involuntary celibate people. You, they get into wrestling because they, it kind of was a nerdy thing to grow up with. And then they get that tiniest bit of star power. They feel like they have a little bit of control over what they deem the smaller people. And they think they can take advantage of them. And that in, of course includes women that they were never able to, uh, converse with, get dates with, whatever you have it when they were younger, and it just they grew up with a twisted mindset. Mm. And that it brings me to a question that I, I wanted to ask. It's 
why do you think th- like the indie scene, the indie wrestling scene is is such a like hot or a a you know a place that lends itself very well to predators like the ones that we're going to talk about? Like, what is it about that dynamic behind the scenes or whatnot that that really helps to shelter and in some ways empower these these predators? I mean, it would definitely be because of that that rock star rock star lifestyle that people lead in wrestling, where you can go to a town, be there for eight hours, do whatever dirty work you want to do, and then fuck off five hundred miles west and not ever have to see that person again, or even for another month or whatever have it till you have your next show. But if if things get a little too bad, you feel you feel some heat on you. Heats around the corner, you know, you got to drop everything and run. You just don't go back to that town, that state, whatever you have it. And it, it's so easy for people to just avoid their problems instead of confronting them. Yeah, I think that's a good question, though, Pocky, because I, I do think some of the, the I don't want to say themes, but some of the similarities we're seeing across these situations, which, again, really vary to each individual situation. And we're not going to lump them all together, but there are certain things that we see. And I have seen quite a few that I want to talk about that are people in positions of power. And it, it does feel like from everything that's coming out that there are these people, whether they're predators or whether they're hiding or covering up predators, that they are using that power to, again, to this predatory lifestyle and that they're using that to cover the things up that they need to, to, to blackball and blacklist the victims that are willing to speak out or, you know, make them afraid to speak out for the sake of their career or worse. I wanted to get into a, a little of, of that side of things because I think that's something that is really dangerous in all walks of life, and that's not just to professional wrestling. People of, in positions of power use that power, make women feel indebted to them, make them you know, have things that they can cover up or hold in blackmail, threatening, those sort of ways. But in regards to the wrestling scene, I wanted to talk about from a wrestler's perspective, how much of that is known? Because you see things on Twitter, and some of these guys have reputations where the internet we'll talk about them being either creepy or that sort of thing. And of some of these names we're going to talk about, is that something that even before this comes out, you have those sort of ideas, Slade? So I, I personally happen to have a good source on terrible people. I have someone close to me who's, who's a really good judge of character and kind of, has an end for knowing like uh, the personality traits of most people in wrestling and like who's a terrible person, who's decent. And it really is a shame. I mean, it's no surprise now to find out like how many people are worse than you think. And so, I mean, I never thought that it was to this extent or that some people were doing such heinous acts as they've been accused of and at this point with some of the retorts that they put out they're almost indicting themselves for because there's no way to avoid it when you have so many 
victims coming out against you on the same issues and all their stories are lining up with each other. And, but the first one, the first one that I had really heard of and like, and there's going to be a bias coming out of course, but I fucking hate this dude, David Starr, uh, Max Barsky, fuck that guy. I'd heard for years that he was a terrible person, uses women, uh, uh, abuses them in the worst mental ways to take advantage of them. And, and now it, it's such a shame what happens, but it's good that victims are coming out against him. But I, I'd heard for years that he was making his, like just gaslighting his victims and making them seem crazy. And it's a shame that it took so many women coming out at once against a heathen like that for there to be some backfire against him. But okay. sorry to me. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I just wanted to kind of, um, We'll give give some background just so we're on the same page. David Starr, the uh, indie wrestler, uh, has had some uh, time with TNA, WWE tryout or two. He um, has been accused um, by his ex-girlfriend of a number of things, um, not the least of which is a is sexual assault, uh, manipulation. He recently... Um, tweeted some denials of, of these allegations as, as many people have uh, a lot. There's a long apology that I will tell you is hard to read if you want to check that out. But um, yeah, just, just to give some background now, please go, go on. We are talking about uh, David Starr. And I know I, I implore everyone to, to read the victim statement and I definitely go, go see Starr's bullshit apology because he never really takes he never really takes the blame for what he's done. He always tries to deflect it off like it's some more minor issue than what he was actually accused of. And he would, his victim accused him of rape and, and fully stand behind that victim. Um, this, the story lines up with everything you hear from other women and he's a manipulator. And I even, I had been on shows with him uh, about four years back and I thought he was cool at the time, but then you hear all these stories about like he keep he, he had he's in these high profile tag teams and they keep splitting up and then suddenly they hate each other and they go their separate ways. You go a couple years later and why why is it that he's not even wrestling in the states anymore? Apparently, no one can stand him, but why is it taking why is it taking this long for a story to come out? And you realize that the victims felt so manipulated and scared by him that they were afraid to speak out. But it, it it really it's it's crazy how how one person can can drive people to to the brink where they can't even tell their own story comfortably. But well, Slade, let me just ask you this: with your you know experience, whatever it was with, with David Starr, is there something specific you can point to that like? you know, really like rubbed you the wrong way or kind of sealed the deal or, or made you made you realize he's not the guy that, um, you know, many people make him out to be in public. Yes, definitely. Uh, thanks for steering it that way because I want to hear my personal experiences, but I want to make sure that the victims get their, at least their retribution, you know, because it yeah. that that should be number one. So I don't want to make this, like a selfish story, but, um, like I said, I was on a few shows with him and 
like we had a rapport. Like I thought we were, I thought we were cool. This is before I knew all the shit about him, of course. And then uh, I went with some fellow wrestlers to a CZW show one time. And I was talking, I mean, fuck, fuck CZW, fuck DJ Hyde, the owner or whatever is going on with them too. But that, I'll come down the line. I was talking to Star for the show. He was with another buddy, someone I'd never met, but you meet people every single weekend in wrestling. I was like, hey man, what's up? And then he tries to like uh, shrug me off and make me look like a fool just because I said hi. And so that that really rubbed me the wrong way. And then all the... All the stuff he promotes online. Uh, I mean, I am definitely someone you could call anti-socialist. <laughs> so, so stuff he posts online, a the the union stuff. I'm not a fan of it, but I mean, he he's free to work on that. But when you when someone isn't genuine about a movement like that, and you get so many people behind him, it it really makes you worry about where it's going. Because I mean, you get any leader with a twisted mindset enough people to follow them and have it can can run rampant yeah i'm glad you did mention that slave because again use the word retribution it's these sort of heinous acts and, and crimes because that's what they are 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 never ever fully repaid in any capacity and we know that but i do think it is important that eyes are opening and and i hope these guys are, are never able to work again and many of them, and you know, when reading these stories, they shouldn't be canceled and whatever. They should be arrested. They should be in jail. Yeah, I mean, there were there were all the signs with Star too. You had uh, that match he had with Walter over in the UK, where he stepped on the NXT UK title, and that was that was a big deal. Like that was a big no no. I mean, there was a reason that he never saw another rematch because, like. You can't can't mess with a company that big like that. And he knew better, and it was more than just uh, storytelling. It was him trying to get himself over. But the the one that like really rubbed me the wrong way, especially like this was something that I noticed, and I'm not sure if other people caught on to because I mean I really didn't look that much into him. Is so David Starr is a Jewish man, and he had this big he he always used that as a backing point to his persona. I mean, that's totally fine. It, it's not like, because he had that, he, he tried to make that big deal with that man who was doing the, the fake stereotypical Jewish gimmick. Yeah, and he got a lot of, that, that was my introduction to, to David Starr. Right, I remember and, us talking about that. Yeah, and we talked about it then, and, and I, you didn't like him at that time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought. I was, I, was looking, I was looking into that reference. That was about three years ago now that was in 2017 where that occurred with yeah and it was was good that he called that wrestler out but even then you could see where his motives were he was just trying to get uh more of a following off of it i don't think he actually cared and then what happens when he pretty much gets kicked out of wrestling in the u.s because no one can stand him he goes to germany and i mean we all know the history of germany and jewish people and so what what happened to his religion then what happened to judaism when he went to germany it seemed to just fade away. Oh, here comes the new uh, socialist union gimmick. Like, it, if that was so important to him, why did he let that slide away? Because it wasn't popular anymore. Because he couldn't, he couldn't bring that over. And like, I hate to drag religion into it, but I really think that that was something that that he saw that he couldn't profit off of anymore. 
Well, and and just real quick, I want to I want to circle back to one of the points that that NC made it with um with regards to to their future prospects as workers in the business. And um David Starr is is somebody that has been dropped from a number of promotions he was affiliated with. And, and it does appear, I just do just want to say that real quick that at least um, there has been a real response from from a lot of the the companies that we follow over fans of that that was swift and seemed to well it and seemed to be pretty decisive so I just wanted to to get that out there that they are currently having a lot of trouble finding work and then more than that there there could be some criminal criminal charges coming up especially in this case it's um it's pretty it's pretty graphic and there should be. And again, there was some video footage with, with David Starr as well. And it's really, it will be, it's absolutely inexcusable, the idea of him ever working again in professional wrestling. There's, there's too much out there that anyone with any shred of decency should never pay that man again. They shouldn't be allowed, they shouldn't take his money to work at this point. But we're Absolutely gonna, not. But that thing that's so twisted about the wrestling business is that there's still that possibility that somehow this blows over in like a year and he's back. And like that, that is the part that just makes my brain boil, that this might not be the end of things when it finally should be. And that's, that's the concern for me going forward, that this is just a trend and it's, oh, we spoke out instead of we're going to continue to speak out. And that in the future, they just say, okay, well, that was the past, or we move on, we forgive him, he'll keep giving his little apologies, and whatever. And it, it really is something that standing by the victims, as we're doing now, is great, but we need to continue. And this whole movement will be detrimental if these people continue to work in this industry. And, and who I want to talk about next is, I, I would say, the biggest name of the guys on our list that we're going to talk about tonight that have been accused, and that is Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan has been a controversial figure for wrestling, even outside of the true controversy that we're going to get into now, just in the gimmick and the intergender stuff, all of the dick jokes and the bootplex and whatever sort of thing that hasn't worked for everyone. I've never enjoyed it just from a, a fan's perspective. Can you talk a little bit about Joey Ryan, Slade? Yeah, of course. So uh I I like I never thought that I never thought that about Joey Ryan that like this would come out, but it's so many people like that. Because when I when I'd seen him at shows, I'd even been like a multi tag person tag match with him once and he was just laid back. I mean, I'm someone who's I show up to a show, I wrestle, I get paid, I just want to go home. Like that's all I worry about. And so I don't I don't really have my eyes open to these types of things, which I probably should be as a private detective. I'd probably be more observant. But I never thought that Joey Ryan, someone whose entire gimmick was around women touching his dick, grabbing them by by their chest, that someone like that could be so obviously hypersexual and trying to take advantage of women because how could you possibly let someone so blatantly do that in front of crowds of hundreds and thousands and millions on TV? And yet there it is 
just slipping by because that's professional wrestling. Any scumbag can do whatever they want up until now, I guess. And like that, that, that was crazy. And he even, it's like he even used his popular tag team with Candice LeRae before she got signed as kind of a misdirection that no, no, no. Like I am a, I am a friend of women. I'm the champion of the people and yet still going around and taking advantage of women on the side all the time, even while he's married. Another, another just scumbag. Yeah, there mm-hmm. were the, Oh, go ahead, Nipaki. sorry. Just that being with the allegations out there, it's definitely hard to argue. Um, again, just for context, Joey Ryan, very, very popular indie wrestler um, also has a hand in um, or had, a hand in some some promotions he uh, recently was on impact wrestling that has since been um, terminated and um, that actually brings me to something i wanted to ask about because uh part of the the situation that led to the what the victims are are saying happened um is uh, joey ryan's position as the head of bar wrestling and him using that influence um, to to essentially force or, or, or convince you know, whatever um, these female talents to to uh, have sex with him or, or you know perform fellatio or whatever it was a number of things if you read them. So I, I just want to ask you, as far as your interactions with promotion with promoters, the guys behind the scenes in charge, do you find a lot of them are are using that influence to maybe you know, um, get to know the female talent or the male talent in some cases? So I had never experienced it directly, but I mean, it's something you've seen like movies and media all the time, you know, like the the big boss CEO is hooking up with the secretary because he can, because he has the power. But I didn't think it was this prevalent in wrestling. And yet maybe that's just me being naive again, because I mean, I... I came up in wrestling at a very unpopular training school where I didn't even know until I was already into my training that my head trainer was a pedophile and that the other trainer was uh, a woman abuser. I just, it was something where I just wanted to wrestle. I knew there was a school by my college at the time. Uh, So Team Vision Dojo by University of Central Florida in Orlando. And I didn't ever think to look up that uh, Chase and Rance, give them the background check. I was just like, oh, this, this school has Scott Hall and Larry Zbysko's names on it. it it's got to be good. That's all I thought as an 18-year-old going into it. So I, I've been blindsided by a lot of this because, as I said, it was something where I just had a dream. I wanted to wrestle. I, found, I got on shows. I did my job. I went home, and I never saw this. And, and maybe that was me being professional. Maybe that was me not – not caring enough about what was going on and not being open enough about it. So I know personally, I just want to, I'm going to try my best to do better and hopefully uh, in a sense, protect uh, potential victims going forward so that they don't have to experience all the terrible things that have happened so far. But as for the promoters and wrestling, it, I mean, in retrospect, it isn't a surprise. Like I said at the top, you have these people who had nothing growing up, no popularity, no social skills, and then they get a little bit of power. So of course they take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up 
because we're absolutely not going to be comparing or ranking what is worse because these are all just ugly, heinous acts. And again, all of these people we are talking about should not be able to work in, in this industry. But there are a few differences. And I do want to talk about some of the people in, in power and some of that side of things that are being called out. And I'm glad you brought that up with, with Joey Ryan as well. Um, I did want to talk about Mike Quackenbush. Yeah. You want me to give yeah. a little bit of background on that? Yeah, if you would, Lopaki. Right, so uh, Mike Quackenbush is a guy that um, his biggest impact in wrestling recently has been behind the scenes. He was a major force in the management for Chikara. Um, he, more than that, is a was a, a well-respected trainer. In fact, he was a frequent guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. Um, there are even WWE stars that, that um, you know, are fans of his, or at least in the past, you know, have, you know, sung his praises. So just want to point that this man is a, is a guy that had climbed the rungs in wrestling and was at a pretty, pretty influential place just, just a little while ago. Go ahead. Yeah, so, like, Quack is definitely a smart man. I mean, he built up his own wrestling promotion. And a lot of people, uh, including some of the wrestlers involved with Chikara, I know that they don't like the fact that Quack owns the rights to their gimmicks, their names, everything. But you can't deny that that's not a, a brilliant move by him to make sure that he always has his hands on, on whatever cash is coming in. But you see someone with that mindset, it's no wonder that that manipulation is able to transfer over into other, other aspects. I mean, you can talk to a man for 30 seconds and immediately get this air of pompousness and con and him being condescending in any conversation he has. And so the allegations that came out were that he was making uh, racist, homophobic remarks about people's. So I thought, I thought Quack would be a little bit smarter than to say comments like that, but everyone, <laughs> all these people, like the douchebaggery comes out eventually, so it's no surprise once again. And that was one of the first things you mentioned with the the benefit of the internet is that these stories are coming out and that people do have receipts and that is going to help people to be vigilant and proactive in in exposing some of these stories and some of these people for the the dirt bags that they are there are also some some other issues that i would say are in that same kind of vein i, I want to talk a little bit will osprey yeah okay <laughs> so this is a man who like i i might have had one brief interaction personally with him but the, i've heard stories from plenty of people so like i had a buddy who who we worked at this promotion in, in atlanta often and he did he did this spot in a match where it was this basic uh luchador spot that has been done for decades at the point that they did it and they got some views on twitter for it and then will osprey had to be a douche about it and say like oh that was copied from myself and insert other British wrestler. And it's like, dude, like 
it's wrestling. Things get bit all the time, but you can't tell me that a sequence like that was yours when you haven't been wrestling half as long as that that spot's been around. But the the big one with Osprey was definitely the the manipulation torment that him and his significant other Bea Priestley gave to Osprey's ex girlfriend. I don't have the exact details on that, so like, I don't I don't want to speak out of hand. But it, I'm going to touch on that too because the allegations against him are not they're a little different than some of the others we we're saying same with quack again these are all just terrible people and we are grouping them together as that the will osprey thing was him and Priestley basically blackballing a victim that came out against one of his friends for sexual assault and instead of doing anything against his friend what he did was have her completely blackballed and and removed from not booked at that company and I think that's just as dangerous when you get into these people who are using their power to, instead of promote goodness and, and shine lights on these things, they're covering them up. Right. And it's like, we, we all have like difficulties with other people. Like sometimes you don't like who you work with. It happens. But I just don't get why it is so hard to not just show up, do your job and go home. Especially when you're someone of Osprey's caliber in wrestling, because he he's possibly the most athletic dude in wrestling right now. So I don't know why he can't just do his job at this one show and not have to worry about other people. Like it, it's so dumb. And yet now he had to go over, he had to go and screw himself over. Good job, Will. Yeah. And I, I wanted to talk, I did want to talk about some of these apologies that are coming out. Cause I'm, I have, Osprey is up, and if you would like to go read it, he's talking about the incident and his deleted tweet from three years ago, and you know, an apology, and basically is saying that he defended his friend without without knowing more. But in it, he says, "I've been wrongly put on a list of men that have now taken advantage of women, and now are rightfully speaking out against horrible incidents." I've seen a lot of that. Oh yeah, half half these apologies don't even include the two words "I'm sorry." So how, how the fuck can it be an apology then? And there's a lot of blame shifting, I guess you would say, where somebody is acknowledging that there is things happening and saying, I'm sorry that it's happening or that shouldn't be happening without saying that they're sorry or that they're a part of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you felt this way. No, how about I'm sorry I did this terrible thing? No, and, and it, is a, it is a very common response. Like I can tell you, I... I spent all of today, unfortunately, researching for this interview. So I um, you know, read pretty much in detail a, a lot of what happened. And it is alarmingly, it's scary to see how you know, these men in, in these cases um, responded because they don't really take any ownership there. There's a lot of victim blaming. There's, there's a lot of, you know, it was a, uh, you know, I thought it was consensual. You know, there, there's just not a lot of really, of, of any empathy, really. You know, there, there's no, I don't know, there, there's no self-ownership. I, I just want to throw it out that there are a number of people that, that did that. Marty Skrull, David Starr, the, the list goes on, but go ahead. Yeah, I did want to talk about Skrull, too, because I put him in this same sort of uh, position of power kind of thing. And allegations of him with a 16-year-old where he took advantage of when she was drunk. And again, I, I did read the whole thing in part of my research too. And, and I hated myself as I was reading it. The fact that somebody that I liked 
as a performer just doing that and it's it's such a sickening act and then again the the complete half-ass apology of thank you for speaking out um i'm sad that this is happening without saying i'm sorry i did this i shouldn't have done this saying that the victim is lying and it's 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 very sickening to see because those are the are the people that are going to be able to get away with it when when some of these accusations are are not necessarily going to be able to be proven and they give their little apology and they're they're going to be able to move on and that's really a difficult thing for me to accept as a fan because that's not how any of this will change you're seeing a lot of women speak out and and men too and I want to give a, a shout out to every wrestler that is, is speaking up with the victims, for the victims, defending them, both men and women. And, and there are, are good, good people out there. Again, Joey Janela taking some strong, strong stances against some of these predators. Slade, again, was, was somebody who's been very outspoken. And credit to all those, but those are the allies we need as opposed to these people who are pushing things to the side, who are covering them up giving these sort of apologies that are saying, well, it's not me, but I'm a victim of circumstance. Victim I, didn't, of circumstance. I didn't get to make decisions. It just happened. That, that's, that's pretty much the impression that you get from, from all of, of those um, apologies. And, and I will tell you that uh, on a more positive note, there has been a, a very large outpouring of support from the wrestling community. You know, if you go on wrestling Twitter, like Slade, um, I guess suggested earlier, you will see that there are a number of wrestlers, fans, um, you know, big time influencers in in the industry that have taken a pretty strong stance. So um, I do just want to throw it out there that it does seem to have been a catalyst for for some some real um, well some real progress towards towards a lasting change. So um, definitely yeah. happy about that. Again, we appreciate every single person that shared their story i don't want to make this about brands or certain promotions but i do want to talk about nxt because there are a couple people i want to touch on there yeah uh, just before that though like i, I want to make a story like don't don't admire the people who are standing up for the victims like the victims absolutely it takes so much strength to come out with their stories but the people who who are just supporting them, who have been fortunate enough like myself to not have this crippling traumatic story. I'm just doing what I feel is right. Like you look at Marty Scroll and he's probably going to get away with this shit because he's in a position of power and he can deny all he wants and he can have the backing legal team of Sinclair broadcasting. Whereas you have this uh, young girl who's uh, probably like only been an adult for a year or so now uh, coming out, not going to have the same legal representation to go against Marty and ring of honor and Sinclair broadcasting. And so they, he would rather sacrifice his humanity than sacrifice his spot in wrestling. And that that's so just immoral at it, at its base. And it's, it's necessary for, for me to speak out about that. And I don't want any praise for that. 
Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I think that's a very well said thing. Again, I, I don't want to make this about anyone who, especially any of the, the white men who, who have this amount of privilege. However, I will say this, the more that speak up and use their voice, the less that will get away with it. And I, I think that was, was the point we were making. Go ahead, Lopaki. Well, I just had one last follow-up because you do bring up a good point that, um, you know, the victims who are sharing their stories very bravely sharing their stories um, don't have the influence and the financial backing in most cases to, to really make a, um, I mean, well, to really make a serious, a serious run at, at any sort of legal action. So I can tell you that with the backlash and the community, there's been, well, as people like to say, they've been tried in the court of the public. Okay. And with the backlash and then the, decreased job opportunities and anything you want to throw out there, like the, the reputation, all of that. Do you feel like that? I, I don't want to say that that's a, a fitting punishment, but do you feel like that, that does really make at least some of them, you know, stop and, and you know, want to change or, or like, is that enough? Is, is people knowing and being outraged about it enough? It's certainly not enough, but it's definitely a step in the right direction because people are scared. Like I've, I've seen people coming out online about, again, want to group everyone together is terrible. But there are some stories where I don't, I don't even know if people are just posting it for their own to gain personal attention, but they're casting themselves in a bad light just because they want to seem like they, they want to cleanse themselves of whatever sins they've committed. But people are definitely scared. I mean, Joey Ryan put out that statement about his legal representation telling him to not really say anything and that there will be further information down the road. Like I, you, you can read that and know he's terrified and that that's bullshit because if he, had, if he had actually had a legal team telling him anything, he wouldn't have posted that to begin with. He wouldn't have said one single word, anything that might incriminate him. So yeah, people are scared and we're going in the right direction, but we need to keep pushing more and more. Same, like, same thing with like the Black Lives Matter movement. More protests, more people speaking out, more petitions signed, more slave trader statues torn down. No, no, that's uh, it's very well said. I mean, and, and it is something that we will, as a wrestling community, need to work toward together. So. Um, no, I just very well said, and, and I know we do want to go on to a couple other issues, but did you have any thoughts? I'm kind of curious what, what you think, NC, before we go. Yeah, I, I think Slade said that well. It's very important, again, especially those of us with privilege, to make sure this is not a, a short-term trend, something we put on, on social media, whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement or, or the Speaking Out movement. These are real things that people have to deal with every day that we are, are lucky and privileged enough that we were, have been able to avoid. That doesn't mean that it hasn't been happening and won't continue happening to people all across this country and other countries. So this is just the beginning to me. And again, there needs to be some real substantial change and it's not going to happen overnight. But the more, again, the speaking up against these people is – this, the absolute least that should be happening. Someone like Joey Ryan, if you read the allegations against him, 
it's it isn't just that he should be off off of television or criminal hired by promotions he should be in jail those are criminal criminal disgusting acts and i hope legal action is t- is taken wherever it could against these people i i don't know that it will the reasons you said it, and that's that's one of the the very hardest things about this these victims speaking up who again are so incredibly brave and strong that are putting themselves at risk even though they shouldn't be to speak out against these people that are so much more powerful than them have so much more financial backing and and legal backing against them and they're gonna have their names torn through the mud and people you already see it with some of these people where people are are victim blaming victim shaming coming out accusing these women of lying and it's it's so sad to me that that is a first response for so many when someone comes out to speak out against anybody and the response is, well, I think you're lying. Yeah. They want to protect their favorite wrestler. That's all it is. They can't see their hero in a bad light. Yeah. And I, I think that's a huge thing in, in regards to a lot of these guys that have big fan bases. And again, the, the strength that it takes to speak out, against those sort of people is just monumental so that's that's really my my major thing i I did want to get into a couple other people and i I did want to talk about the nxt brand the first thing i wanted to say before we get into any of of these um predators is keith lee released a statement yesterday on on his twitter of us a story of being date raped and again, Keith Lee doesn't have to go with it, go through things in the way that a lot of people do, but he's a victim. And I think it's important to recognize that. And I appreciated him putting out there, especially as a, you know, a big guy that we don't think about as these things can happen to. So I did want to say, I, pre- I don't know if either of you were, saw that, but I, oh, I did. Certainly, certainly. And, 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 and the, it, it was it's terrible what happened to like it, it sucks it sucks what happened to Keith, but at the very least it shows that this can happen to literally anybody. Anyone can be a victim. If that three hundred pound ma- massive man can be a victim, anybody can, and we should believe these victims. And, and that's why I thought that was a really impactful statement. Because we, do, we don't necessarily think about that in that way, especially as men. The idea of, of the fact that we could be raped or assaulted or harassed does not necessarily go through our minds in the way that women who are scared to walk by themselves at so many times that we don't necessarily have that. But this, this can and does happen to people of all different walks of life, gender, race, identity, and and that that is something that I wanted to address real quick because while we we're pretty familiar with the the female victims that have come forward, there have been a number of male victims as well. Um, TJP comes to mind. He also shared a pretty harrowing story about being taken advantage of by some older female wrestlers when he was starting. Um, if you're if you know the history of the New Japan Dojo at all, there was some. 
allegations circling around there and that that isn't all you know male dojo so uh, I just want to point that out that you know that's not something that we want to turn a blind eye to there is a there is a, a population a, a cross-section of wrestlers uh, male wrestlers that have also you know had had quite some horrific experiences yeah absolutely and I think that is worth mentioning that this is not just one type of person this is not just fans this is active wrestlers male wrestlers female wrestlers all different types of people here that are are the victims and again it acknowledging their story is important in in taking the next steps i did want to talk about a couple people besides keith lee specifically with nxt two people have been i both believe i believe were both released from NXT UK being Jordan Devlin and Jack Aller. But the the person I want to discuss now is someone that's still working. And that's someone that has been a favorite of mine on the NXT brand for quite some time. And that is Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream story is a little different because this whole speaking out movement that has come out in the last week, week and a half or so was not where allegations came out against Velveteen Dream. No, it, it, it predates this a little bit. And um, for some background about that situation, um, Velveteen Dream has been accused of um, grooming. This is the term that, that people use uh, underage males um, by, uh, you know, illicit conversations, uh, sexual photos, uh, things like that. He was essentially a, he's accused of being one of the guys you would see on like how to catch a predator. Throwing it out there. So that's, that, that's what he stands accused of. Again, those allegations that come out prior to the speaking out movement, but in the speaking out movement, there had been more evidence, uh, against him that that's been presented. So, um, yeah, there's, there's that. Yeah, the stuff with Velveteen was was really shit because it's like I when I started watching wrestling, it seemed like WWE could do no wrong, and then you have all these stories coming out every year, multiple times a year, and it's like how how can you let these things slide by? And then you have to think of Velveteen a few months ago, where with the grooming of underage uh, underage males and it gets swept under the rug, and it comes out again. And uh, Josh Fuller, the wrestler who put a lot of effort and bravery into coming out with his story, a dude I'd been on with shows before in and around the Virginia area, and he, and he has his screenshots to prove, and there are even tweets about Velveteen harassing him, asking weird things, trying to keep it secretive. Uh, the screenshots are not asked for, or, or I mean... Uh, the selfies that weren't asked for along with other wrestlers who were receiving the same things. And it's just like, don't understand why once again, it's so hard to just do your job. And how is it you can be in a position you're, you're in the best possible position of your dream job and you got to do something so twisted and stupid and demented and mess that up. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just the question. Um, now, as we're talking about these people, can I ask? In 
indie wrestling circles, do most of these allegations get backed up and corroborated? Or, I mean, are, are any of them seeming like hot air or, or you know, an ex that's just jealous? Or are any of them giving that vibe? I, I don't think so. I'm I'm sh- I'm sure there are probably some that are floating around, but it the thing is with these is that when someone has a sexual assault allegation brought against them, none of these people seem to have isolated incidents, or at, le- at the very least, if it is one victim, they have time after time to report it. So, I mean, we're in the age of technology we're living in now, it's so easy to bring that evidence forward. So if there are faulty, faulty allegations, those are not the ones that are really being, being brought to light. I mean, even if you look at the one with uh, Travis Banks and, and the grooming of Millie McKenzie while she, while she was underage, like even in that report where she seemed to be the sole victim, if if I'm not mistaken, she she has all these instances to back it up, and so it it almost would be difficult to lie about it at this point because everyone's bringing forth these screenshots and these long detailed recounts. So I I think I think that the wrestling community is really in unison here and that they just want to, they want to come forward with these true heartfelt stories about their trauma. I don't think many people are taking advantage of that right now, which is good. Um, I, I did want to, I did want to correct myself as well. Jordan Devlin was accused by multiple people of domestic abuse with pictures of, of various bruises that they received from him. And it was corroborated by, by multiple wrestlers, female wrestlers. He has not been released, however. Um, WWE released a statement that they're taking the matter seriously and they're looking into it. So what does that mean? We don't know. Um, Gallagher was released and, and completely removed from, you know, he was not wished the, his, the best in his future endeavors. He was completely... Yeah, fuck re- his shitty tattoo. Fuck Devlin's big-ass head. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gallagher was removed from all things. And I I think that's the appropriate response. You see some of these other things. Um, Matt Riddle has had allegations against him. Um, Riddle had allegations on Friday and then proceeded to go over AJ Styles on, on, uh, on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why not hold back his debut at least another week and see what happens with these allegations, right? Why, why keep the cog rolling? You can't. WWE's never changed their plans before. No, they they exist in a bubble, they, they, and they work hard to stay in in that bubble and to a large extent be oblivious to to the world going on around it. In fact, that's a pretty common conversation for us to have recently. And- hey, that that I swear that that CM Punk promo becomes more and more relevant all the fucking time. <laughs> He might be a dickhead, but God damn it, he was right. <laughs> Their shit doesn't stop. They'll do what they want to do. Well, and the reason why I brought up Dream and, and Riddle in particular is they took swift action against Gallagher. They may take action against Devlin. And Devlin had some push, right, in NXT UK. 
Right. Of course, the people who have who have higher up on the totem pole, the action isn't taken nearly as quickly. Funny and, how that works. And that was going to be my point. I want I wanted your opinion on that slate of, of what you think will happen. Do you think you know with Riddle and I, there were second allegations now against Riddle too. Um, Riddle and Dream, do you see anything changing, or do you can still be continue to be pushed and, and put on TV as as nothing happens? So I mean, the allegations a couple months ago with Dream have already proven that the people that they've put a bunch of stock into, if they don't have this very hard concrete evidence against them, then they're just gonna keep doing what they want to do with them until until they're absolutely forced to cut them. And I think that's important to note because a lot of the time, and maybe there will be receipts and, and we hope so, but a lot of the time, as, as you guys both alluded to earlier, that's not the case. This is the victim will speak out from a position, not a weakness, because again, the strength it takes to speak out is real, but in the situation, they do not have the power in regards to financial backing, legal backing to necessarily push the situation to where it needs to be. And when you're looking at a company like WWE, that does give them the access to sweep things under the rug, right? If legal action is not taken against Velveteen Dream, then why would you stop his push? Why would you keep him? Why would you fire him or, or keep him off television when, when he's a successful wrestler. Of course. I mean, for all we know, the victims could have been paid off already to be quiet. Like, I wouldn't put it past uh, a huge company like that to do that. Anything to keep their noses clean. No, and, and that's likely what's going on behind the scenes, settlement um, negotiations, at, at least in the situations where there is mounting evidence, which, you know, is... is is one thing um it, it's it's a well-known it's a well-known fact that um sometimes the guy outside the ring gets away with certain things because of who he is inside the ring um i'm thinking of jimmy superfly snooker i mean that that that's a situation you think what you want to think, but there is a mountain of evidence that, that states he very well could have killed his, um, his girlfriend. And this was during a, you know, pretty high period for his career. So, um, you know, I just want to point it out that, that there is some precedent, there's some history, there's some similar situations to how wrestling responded to stuff like that. And even if you think about WWE more recently, not that's exactly the same, but Hulk Hogan, Clearly, you know, said the N-word, some racial, some racist statements. And they will still trot him out to the real American for that pop whenever they can. Especially in so, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And <laughs> there's no reason to think that would stop now. Un unfortunately. Just, just think about that for a second. They're cheering a... At least some, at least an American wrestling hero who had a, a racist moment. I, I don't want to generalize. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, but that man's getting cheered in Saudi Arabia. 
you know what you know what's happening when Hogan was like in wrestling at his peak with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they, we weren't friends. Basically, what I'm saying here is that check, the faucet of money that that they can turn on, either they being Saudi Arabia or they being WWE, man, that that washes a lot away. I mean, that washes a lot down the drain. So, um, yeah, they got to they got to get their blood money. Diamonds are forever. Yeah, exactly. And so, no, that just dawned on me, and I wanted to share that thought. Because no, no, I, I appreciate that, Bopaki, because I, I do think while there's a lot of levels to this, and this is not a black and white situation, with the companies on top not making – it's hard for me to imagine substantial change occurring without it coming from the top. If – WWE is going to say these allegations don't mean anything to us because we have a profitable wrestler. That's hard for me to believe that everybody else is going to, is going to take them seriously. Now some will Um, impact has let, let a couple people go because of allegations, various things. Again, they finally just let Tessa go. They let, let Tessa go tonight. Seriously? I must have missed that. Yep, it happened like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually gonna gonna bring that up and, and Slade, you and I you and I talked about Tessa when, when those things first uh came to light and that was somebody that you were just completely not surprised by any of this from. No. Why is and that it, exactly? I mean there were there were all the allegations of her being racist while she was over in Japan and just tormenting, harassing younger talent when, I mean, when she hadn't even been in wrestling that long, but not that having some vet status gives you any right to take advantage of someone who's been in less time than you. Yeah. Again, because the, the reason why I, I just wanted to touch on, on the Tessa stuff, because it's a good sign that there just shouldn't be a place for any sort of this hate and harassment. um, Intimidation. 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 Right. There are so many good people who are good wrestlers in wrestling that we don't need to keep the shitty people around. There are plenty of people ready to step up. Um, I I did want your opinion on, on one other thing, Slade. Um, the Sammy Guevara, Sasha Banks uh, comments. Okay, just uh, for, just just real quick for for reference, um, there was a recent clip or a clip that went viral recently of an interview Sammy Guevara did about four years ago, where he uses some pretty graphic language, and just so you know, I'm gonna repeat it. He says in uh, response to how attractive Sasha Banks is that he wants to rape that woman and, and pretty much verbatim. So there you go. Hey, uh, don't rape people. Don't say you want to rape people. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's been sub- suspended by AEW now. In, in uh, of course, of course, suspended in response to that. And I imagine that's not going to be a real, uh, substantial, um, punishment. His punishment should be getting 
ran over, but not with a golf cart this time, but a monster truck. <laughs> uh, I mean, that situation is um, – I just don't know why you'd ever do that. Like, I, I really don't get it. Who's that – who is, like – who is that dumb to say that on a hot mic? <laughs> I don't get these people. Are, these people are so fucking stupid. And and there's a and the reason why I brought the that situation up with Sammy Guevara is because I've seen a lot more defense of him than some of the others because it's it's not obviously to the extent of of many of these people that we were talking about with the with the predatorial behavior, and it could be easily defended by some of oh it's a joke, but it breeds a misogynistic mindset though. And and that is where I'm at with it as well. And I always kind of go by the thing, if, if you're willing to say something like that on a mic, what are you saying off it? Right. No, that's fair. And then um, well, real quick, while we're on AEW, I wanted to get your thoughts on Jimmy Havoc because he has some pretty serious allegations against him too. Um, from what I read, they're not so much uh, sexual, but there's a lot of emotional manipulation going on and a lot of harassment and things like that. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, if there was some sort of sexual element, but I just wanted to maybe get your thoughts about how a more well-known wrestler dating someone who's not, you know, as well-known, how that, I don't know, I, I guess how the appeal of having a partner with more exposure almost gets him to turn a blind eye or, or I don't know, man. I guess what I'm saying is that dynamic, is that common? Like, do you see that a lot where there's kind of a, you know, a, a, a big time wrestler and then a hanger on that is probably being taken advantage of? Um, so with, with couples in wrestling, it, it is typically just the one who has the more star power trying to elevate the other one. But Whenever the breakup happens, it is always messy. Always. Every single time. And some sometimes people fire out of control with that. I'm not really too sure what happened with Jimmy Havoc. I always saw the report of him punching someone in a bar or whatever. I can I can give some reference to that. Jimmy Havoc in past relationships has um, he's cheated, he's gotten caught, and he's kept women around by threatening to commit suicide should they leave him or um, overdose or, you know, like the real toxic emotional things that, that happen in bad relationships, like, like turn that up to 11. And that's, that's what Jimmy Havoc's accused of. Oh, well, if you're doing that, then maybe it'd be best if, if only the, the woman there had, had the strength to be like, all right, well then do it. I'm leaving because they need to focus on what's best for them. If someone's going to be that shitty of a person and they can just fucking eat it. Yeah. And that was Rebecca Crow who speak, spoke out against Jimmy Havoc, you know, referring to herself as a, a verbal punching bag for him and going into some detail and, and saying basically it turned her to, to alcohol and, and drug abuse. Yeah, which is not fair to her. It's not just fair. To, just to deal with. And the thing is, and we've talked a lot about what could change and where we're at in, in that sort of process in regards to this. Those are the ones that are a little harder to, to sift through. Because unfortunately, that's a thing that, that happens 
more, way more than it ever should, where there's that uh, emotional abuse and manipulation that's not as, as forthright or easy to, to, um, easy to speak out against in regards to sexual or physical abuse. Right. And this idea that these wrestlers can just go get therapy and are going to be fine. It's like, you're a grown man with a fully developed brain. You knew very well what you were doing. Yeah. Therapy can help you, but therapy should be used to help oneself personally. It, it shouldn't be used as a crutch to explain away the, the trauma that you've given to other people. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a PR campaign. It shouldn't be. No. I'm going. I'm going to rehab or you know whatever, so my fans don't revolt. Like, if, you, if you have an issue, you should just be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right, and and those are the situations where I don't necessarily see any repercussions or consequences coming to some someone like Jimmy Havoc after this. And I do think, unfortunately, the way you just said it, Lopaki, of like a little PR stunt of, you know, an apology tour and, and saying you're going to therapy and it's sensitivity training. Sure. Right. Sensitivity training, hug it out and, and go back to, to the way you were without any actual change being made. And that's again, what I, what I hope can come out of, of this whole mess and ordeal is saying that's not enough. And, and real repercussions and, and consequences occurring to, to help, because a lot of this is so systemic. And again, it's not just in wrestling. Slade, you mentioned, um, you know, almost the, the trope or uh, whatever you want to call it of, of the stereotype of, of people in power when we think of the Harvey Weinstein type, um, Hollywood in particular. And, and, Maybe we're a blind eye to that in wrestling because we do feel like we know the characters or, or whatever we see them. But that being something that is completely unacceptable and, and not tolerated that, that these people are able to, to use their power, make women feel indebted and, and make these women that whether they're fans or, or workers feel afraid for, for their career, for their life, for their safety just because of this this guy with his ego and his power that is just uh, if if i may it, it's more than just that guy it's the fact that that guy and another guy and another guy are all making a network it is a systemic problem and it's a it's a system that that protects people in those positions so i mean sorry i just no, no, I'm glad you said that because that's where I was going with it, but you wrapped that up nicely. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to wrap with here. Um, talking about what the systemic elements are that are present and what we can do as fans, you as, as a wrestler, and how can we start to see some change in this industry so that this doesn't keep coming out, whether it's a, a lot of, of incidents coming out in – in this stretch or even like it was before this, this movement occurred where every few months you hear about someone like Velveteen Dream and then it gets swept under the rug and you don't think about it again. What changes can be made? What changes need to be made for at a holistic level? So I think what the big thing is that what's going to come out of all this is 
people are just not going to trust other people so quickly and so easily, which is good. Trust is going to be very hard to earn and people are going to have to look out for themselves. Number one, and, and look for a way that they want to make their environment, their business around them better. And so if that means casting out all these terrible people, it will be much easier for them to do it with the steps that have already been taken because just me personally, as someone who's never raped anybody. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Right. Uh, even, even if I'm standing at the merch table and, and a fan comes up, I'm going to be straight up. I just want you to buy shit and leave so I can wrestle and go home. And that is coming from, Someone who, besides like a speeding ticket, has never committed a crime. So just imagine what these other assholes are thinking. These terrible people. What what's going be what's going in, on in their minds? So yeah. scary place don't, don't trust people. Just don't trust people. Just do your thing and go home. So what what can promotions and and companies do to improve on that? Then, in regards to trust, in regards to you know, especially uh, an industry like wrestling, especially on the indies, where these people are not employed by an individual promotion. They're, they're going around. I mean, again, is there something where if somebody has some sort of reputation, I mean, again, we, we talked a little about the reputations that some of them had where you just don't put anyone on a show that I, I don't know if it's that simple. I don't I don't know what can what it can, is. It can be. Um, one of the best things going around right now, and uh, I saw it originate uh, from my buddy Tom, who would run a annual benefit show, and it's passed on to great promotions like St. Louis Anarchy, where they've established a, a code of conduct on what they expect from both their fans and their wrestlers. And while they're, they do have some minor offenses where they have a three strike policies the one those are typically for the fans and what they the esteem they hold their performers to is a much tighter list so th they can monitor you on social media they can watch you during a show and if you slip up in a way that does not adhere to their standards just like any job you can be fired and that is how we need to handle things as a business, we need to handle things as professionally as possible. No more boys club, strictly business, like the Godfather. Yeah, I, I think that was well said. Um, we should take advice from the Godfather wherever, wherever we can. But one thing I want to talk about is, obviously, Slade, you and I are in different positions as, as a fan and a performer. And obviously, the power lies with, with promotions. But I do want to talk about what we can do as fans. And what I think that leans with is when you hear stories about people, believe them, don't support those people, right? There are things that, that leak and things you see on the internet and, and things you hear, rumblings and rumors from, from other wrestlers, from, from whomever. And what we should do is not put money into that guy's pocket. And when there is somebody that you hear this about, whether it be Velveteen Dream or Matt Riddle in NXT or WWE or any other promotion, that's not someone you should support in any way because that's 
the power that we have as fans is hitting people in their wallets. And that is what I think we have. I want to throw to you, Slade, because I want you to, to, in this idea of helping to build awareness, who is this list of people that, that fans need to be aware of? And again, this is something that throughout our whole show, anyone that we're talking about, they can look up more information if they, if they want to read those stories and hear those accounts. Can you give us that list, Slade? Absolutely. And if I'm wrong about any of these people, I'll apologize when it happens, but there's a reason that these allegations are coming out against them. All right. So fuck David Starr, fuck Dave Christ. Point they had a feud together at CCW run by DJ Hyde. Fuck DJ Hyde. Fuck Joey Ryan. Fuck bad boys, a staff record label and as a motherfucking group. <laughs> and fuck them too. Um, fuck Jason Rance, my trainer. Fuck Aaron Epic, my other trainer. Uh, fuck Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Jack Gallagher, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle. Um, oh, fuck Jonathan Wolf, Indiana wrestler, whose career and life is over. Uh-huh. Yeah. You take, you, all the, you take all the time you need, man. I'm here. Go. <laughs> All right, so um, let me ask you just uh, real quick. Let me uh, let me throw to a commercial break. Just kind of wrap up that big conversation. We'll get to the we'll, we'll get to the more usual stuff. See what see what you're up to. Maybe um, anything like that. But just uh, real quick on the other side of the break, you're listening to the botch finish. Enjoying this honest conversation about wrestling. Be sure to catch all of our shows. The Go Home Show, The Undercard, and Getting Over Going Under. Three different takes, three different shows, three different days of the week. All proudly brought to you by The Bosch Finish. Welcome back, everyone. It's Lopaki, and you have been listening to an honest conversation about wrestling from people you'd watch wrestling with. Once again, we are joined today by a very special guest. Um, it's been a pleasure to have him, the Private Eye Slade Porter. Thank you for your candor and, and your honesty. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, we are going to, to go into a segment um, returning fans or returning listeners are familiar with it's our it's what we call our three count normally it's done on our go home show the biggest conversation about the biggest story of the week i will tell you it's likely going to be about speaking out again that'll be not uh, that'll be horrible but it, it, it's something that's necessary so um what the three count is it's it is our final thoughts basically the things we want to leave you with if it's the last thing you hear from us um yeah so let's get started. Let me go ahead and get started with our guest. What do you What do you think, Slade? What do you uh, your, your your three count last thoughts? All right. So wrestling is going to become a better place from this point going forward. I can't wait for my gym to go back to being twenty four hours, and everyone should go back and watch the. Cesaro, Sami Zayn feud from old NXT, especially the two out of three falls match from August 2013. It's a banger. NC, you know I always go last on these. That's why you're the host. Um, I'm going to go away from 
from wrestling for a second. Um, I'm going to go to a, a brighter note for, for myself and, and something Lopaki and I have talked about, and I think something Slade and I have talked about separately, which is Vince Carter. And he retired today. Um, he's played his last game in the NBA. Vince Carter is, is someone that has meant a lot to me in, in my fandom of, of the NBA. I, I remember at a very young age having the, the VHS recording of his, his dunk contest, and I'm watching it about a billion times. I've watched the – the Olympic Frederick Weiss dunk, the greatest dunk of all time, about a hundred times today. Oh, wow. um, in honor of his retirement, and shout out Vince Carter. Actually, you want to hear a real quick NBA story? Okay, I, I've been to one NBA game in my life. Okay, it happened in 2004. It was the New Jersey Nets against the Los Angeles Clippers and Sean Livingston's rookie year. In that game, Vince Carter had one of his highlight career dunks where he it bounces off the back of the rim, good like two feet in the air. He catches it and does his elbow and like over. Oh my God! Do you guys do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I was at that game, the one NBA game I've ever gone to in my life, and I was there at that one. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So uh, you know what? Let's just leave it with that. Yeah, the NBA is coming back. You know, it's something that is with risk but as far as we know and as far as like dr fauci has said it is the most responsible reasonable way to to approach having a season or or having a tournament in this case so uh check it out man I, i know the world the world doesn't look like what it did just a few months ago but you know sometimes sometimes something as easy as seeing your favorite team on the court can you know distract you for a little bit so check it out man just like wrestling and and Tyler Harris bad tattoos. Yeah, Derek Jones get well soon. Fuck you, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> all, right. all right. So so Slade, thank you for that. We'll we'll all be rooting for the Miami Heat for you. Um, where can we? Where can our fans find you at? Tell us a little about where where what you're doing these days. What's up? Ne- what's coming next for the private eye? All right. Well, I mean. Wrestling's still pretty slow, slow right now, but f- follow me on Twitter at NotSladePorter underscore. It's at it's the reason it's I'm not Slade Porter is because I kept getting my account suspended because I obviously like to speak my mind, and so I was like, <laughs> I'll throw them off and not be Slade Porter. But follow me on Instagram at at SladePorter underscore because they still like me there. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me go ahead and jump in here again, Slade. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we hope to have you back on the show in the future and maybe have a, a more cheerful have a, uh, uh, you know talk talk then. But um, nice. I do just want to go ahead and let the listeners know again. You can follow the show, the Botch Finish Podcast, on Twitter at botched underscore finish. Uh, you can follow me, your host Rob Lopaki at. Rob Lopaki, R-O-B-L-O-P-A-K-I. My co-host, you can follow at not the fake NC underscore between each word. And then um, before I let you go, guys, let me just thank you for your time. As always, we hope you, uh, well, we hope you review, rate, subscribe, all of that jazz. But more than that, we just hope you enjoyed the conversation and you catch the next one. So with that, um, well, thank you for your time. And that was an honest conversation about wrestling brought to you by the Botch Finish. They're keeping the fans entertained. They're keeping the fans entertained. Everybody want a title shot, but nobody's trying to rehearse. People complaining quite a lot, but don't want to put in the work. 
I'll be jumping in feet first, keep on collecting the checks. This right here is a free verse, I ain't gonna finish the rest.